Hi, and welcome to the Frugal Debt-Free Life podcast. I'm your host, Lydia Sin. And eight years ago, my family and I became debt-free, and I like to talk about the ins and outs and the ups and downs of managing your personal finances because money, much like life, is messy, and life rarely fits inside of a cash envelope. So if you're ready to have an honest, non-judgmental discussion about personal finances, then you have come to the right place. Is there going to be another recession? Who the heck knows anymore? But let's talk about some things that you can do in your own home to make yourself feel better and a little bit more prepared. I read a report this morning that said 81% of consumers are believing, believe that there's going to be a recession in the United States. And while there isn't a ton of indicators to back that up, Confidence in the economy is huge. Confidence in your personal economy is huge. So let's talk about some ways we can mitigate those fears and become prepared for whatever life throws at us. So CNBC, along with Acorns, did an online survey of 4,000 adults between March 23rd and 24th, and several people indicated that they believed there would be a recession this year. So what exactly is a recession? Anybody can say that there is going to be a recession, but there's actually a group that officially declares a recession. I just learned this. And that group is called, I have to read it to you, the National Bureau of Economic Research. So they are the the ones that actually define what a recession is. And they define it as follows. A significant decline in economic activity that is spread across the economy and lasts for more than a few months. So you will see ebbs and flows and dips in the stock market and dips in jobless claims and things like that. But it has to last for a set amount of time before it is considered a true recession. So our most recent recession, as you know, took place in 2020. Once COVID broke out, once everything shut down, it came to a standstill, we had an immediate recession. And some people have said that we fully recovered from that. Some people, I believe, are still recovering from that. Some people will never truly recover from that. But many jobs have been added to the market. We've seen the stock market increase. We've seen new businesses open. And according to some experts, the economy is thriving. However, with rising prices, with inflation, with rising gas prices and war and all of this going on, people don't feel as confident as they necessarily should. There are a few things that have happened recently that have shaken consumer confidence. It's really difficult to believe things are okay when you go to the grocery store and you can afford fewer and fewer groceries to feed your family. It's really hard to believe things are going to be okay when you're completely priced out of your housing market and then you wake up and read the news that mortgage interest rates have reached 5%. So I understand why people are feeling this way, but I also want to encourage you Number one, do not panic because when we panic, we make poor decisions. Decisions based on fear do not have a good outcome. Talked about this in a podcast episode a couple weeks ago. I said that fear and bad decisions are like the creepy twins from The Shining. We would like to play with you. They go hand in hand. So when making decisions, take a deep breath take a step back, make a list. Don't just 
head headfirst into things because you're making fear-based decisions. You are given bad information. Other thing, if you are not current on your bills, I feel like that might be your number one focus. And this is not me judging you at all. I think if more people were honest, you would hear that a majority of us at some point have fallen behind on our bills because life is messy and unpredictable and things happen. Things happen outside of our control and we make the best choices that we have in that moment. And so if you're in a situation where you did the best you could and now you find yourself behind on your bills, don't let shame prevent you from moving forward. Call your creditors, call your service providers, see what you can do to get current on your bills. I feel like this is the number, this is the unspoken number one step, first step when it comes to getting out of debt and getting in control of your finances is simply getting current. I say simply because while it is a simple concept, it can be harder to implement because it will require you reaching out and telling people what's going on. And we don't like to do that. We don't like to admit that things aren't going the way that we want them to or the way that people perceive on the outside. But you will feel so much better if you sit down and make a plan to get current. So make a list, make some phone calls, get current, forgive yourself for the mistakes that you've made in the past and move forward. Moving forward, taking those steps. You know, I was talking to someone last week the Department of Education announced that they were going to be extending the student loan moratorium. And not only were they going to be extending the moratorium, but for 7 million borrowers who are in default, when payments resume on August 31st, although I believe it's likely to be extended again. I, it's an election year. I just think it'll be extended again. But that's neither here nor there. But when payments do resume, people whose student loans are in default will be reset, meaning their their wages will no longer be garnished, their social security will no longer be garnished, they will not be taken to federal court. Now, all of that's been paused during the moratorium, but they'll basically be restored to good standing and then will be able to continue to make their normal payments without those repercussions. But I was discussing this with someone and they said, I really wish I had known the moratorium was going to last as long as it had because I would have been putting extra payments towards my student loans to get them paid off faster. And I said, well, why don't you start now? You've been given an extra few months. Just go ahead and start now. And she said, well, I didn't actually think about it that way. Because anything that we can do to set ourselves up for success is going to be beneficial. But the thing is, I feel like we hold on to, well, I haven't done it until now. What's the point of starting now? Or I've put all this time into it. What's the point of changing my behavior? What's the point of making a new decision? The time that you've put into something or the time that you've not put into something is gone. Like you're not getting time back. So to keep doing it over and over again, when we can allow ourselves to step forward and start doing things that are going to benefit us now, every day that you choose to take a new step is still a step. It's still a new positive thing that you are doing to change the outcome of your life. It's not too late. It may not be as easy as it would have been if you had started on day one, but make today your new day one and just take some action, right? Because inaction is also a decision.
I'm just kind of rambling at this point. Number two, three, whatever. If you do not have a solid emergency fund, let's get a solid emergency fund. And that size, the determinant of how much your emergency fund should be is determined by you and you alone. Whatever makes you the most comfortable. If you're okay with one or $2,000, great. Let that be your emergency fund. But if you're like me, I want a couple months expenses in the bank. Because if I lose my job, my husband loses his job, we're going to need to survive for a little bit while we look for new employment. And so we're going to need to make sure that our mortgage is covered, that we can feed our kids, that we can put gas in our car to go to job interviews, that we can make sure that our basic needs are taken care of. So I like one to two months expenses. The average amount of time that someone is out of work is 7.7 weeks. So I would just round that up to eight weeks and know that for about two months, if you lose your job, you're going to need money to live off of because unemployment benefits really aren't going to cover most of your expenses. So having a good emergency fund in place is going to be a safety net for you, but it's also going to make you feel better. I'm telling you, it makes you be it makes you breathe easier to know. Okay, well, if the crap happens, I can at least pay my bills and feed my kids for this amount of time. So if you currently have debt, I would personally come up with a plan to pay off that debt because if a recession hits, the fewer people that you owe money to the better off you will be. So I like a mix of different methods. So if you don't know what the methods are, the most popular methods for paying off debt, which by the way, there's no wrong method. Whatever works for you works. But there is the debt snowball, which is lining up your debt smallest to largest, paying the smallest first, and then you take whatever extra money that you're putting towards that first debt. Once you get it paid off, you put it towards your second. Then when you get that one paid off, you take all that money and put it towards your third and your debt snowballs downhill until it is all paid off. Next method is the avalanche method where you line up your debts by interest rate. You put all the extra money towards that one with the highest interest. And once you get that paid off, you move on to the next one. Same basic concept. And then there is the snowflake for those of us who were team tiny shovel, meaning we didn't have a big income to pay off our debts. You just throw whatever little bit of money you have at a time to that debt until it gets paid off. And then you take all that extra and you move it to the next one. They're all basically the same concept, just a little bit of a different math involved. I like a mix of everything. When my husband and I were paying off our debt, we lined up our debt smallest to largest, paid off some of the smaller ones first, and then kind of rearranged everything by interest rate. So some of our student loans were smaller than our credit card debt. The, the interest on that was lower. It was right around 7%, whereas the interest on the credit cards was a minimum of 14.9, some of it up to 25%. And so it made more sense mathematically to focus on those loans and get them paid off first. So whatever method you use is the right method for you. Just be consistent and keep showing up. Personally, if I were paying off debt right now, I would focus on high interest credit card debt first 
and not necessarily focus on anything where the interest rate was below 7% and instead just focus on those higher interest debts and then worry about the smaller interest debts later. So emergency, so getting current on our bills, emergency fund, paying off high interest debts, continuing to invest. Also, here's a sad little statistic for you. Uh, Bankrate.com did a survey and they said that 22% of Americans have more credit card debt than they do savings. I've been there. I've been there. So when I say that, it's not a, can you believe people live this way? I know what it's like to live that way. That has been my reality. And it stinks and it's scary and I don't want it to be my reality again and I definitely don't want it to be yours. So if you're in that situation, let's fire it up. Don't stop investing. Don't stop investing. Don't stop investing. If you are investing in a company sponsored 401k where you have some sort of match, if you're investing in one where you don't have a match, if it's a Roth IRA, whatever it is, don't stop investing. The market can dip. The market can also correct itself. The market can go up. When the pandemic Lovato first started, I made the mistake of checking my Roth IRA and it was down more than 20% and I freaked out. And I had to talk myself into continuing to invest. I had built a habit and I needed to maintain that habit. And very quickly it corrected itself and then some. And we have seen it go back down again because there's been more market correction. But what is that saying? That the only people who get hurt on a roller coaster are those who get off? I mean, that's not always true, but you get the gist. Don't pull your money out of the market. It will dip. It will ebb. It will flow. Keep investing. Keep making good choices. It's hard to do, right? When you don't know what to expect. And we've had two years of complete chaos and no expectations whatsoever. This is a really unpopular thing to say right now, but if you are looking to shore up yourself to tighten that circle, whatever analogy we can use, um, focus on cutting out some things, even if just for a little bit. If you're just a little nervous about where things are going to go, just take a few weeks and cut some things out of your week-to-week -week budget of the little expenses because $10,000 a year is only $27 and change a day. So it adds up fast. It adds up so fast. Okay, that's it. I would love to know your thoughts and feelings and hopes and dreams in regards to this topic. You can find me at on Instagram and on TikTok at Lydia Sen. You can find me on my blog, frugaldebtfreelife.com. You can find this episode and every other episode at frugaldebtfreelife.com backslash podcast. And thank you to everyone who has taken the time to leave a review. I really appreciate that. If you're listening on Apple Podcast or Spotify, you can swipe over the artwork and leave a review there. That is how people find the show. So thank you to every single one of you who has done that. I appreciate it and I'll see you soon.